Thanks for joining the King Speak podcast. Our kings of the day, we're actually going to have two of them today, ladies and gentlemen. So our first is the one, the only, Chase Sorensen. Chase, how you doing today? Doing well. How you doing? Fantastic. Honestly, with the 11-game win streak going on with the Utah Jazz, I think everybody is phenomenal right now. Our second king of the day is the one and only Mitch Peterson. Mitch, how you doing? Gentlemen, how we doing? Thanks for having me. So I want to get into this real quickly, you guys. We've been uh, friends, sports companions for I don't even know how long, probably since we were little tykes, just we lads. So we've, we've talked a lot of sports in the past, but I want to talk the here and now. We'll, we'll also get into a little bit of Tom Brady's career a little bit later on, but let's start with uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. He requested a trade. What are his options? Well, uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Chase. That's a great take. Go ahead, Chase. Dude's a clown. These athletes, man, they think that there's, like, Deshaun Watson, congratulations, dude. If you want to be out of Houston, good luck. This isn't the NBA. The NFL holds all the cards. So, good luck. What's going to happen? It's like Eric Weddle was on the radio a few days ago, and I'm talking about it. What's he going to do, not show up to training camp and get fined 50K a year? If I'm, if I'm the Houston, Texas, I'm telling him, I'm telling him to pound sand. What's he going to do, not show up? This isn't the NBA. It's the NFL. It's a whole different ballgame. Sean Watson, stop pouting. You got paid $140 million. And if you were that great, you wouldn't have gone 4-11. It's true. Your quarterback, your quarterback's your team. Your quarterback's your team leader, man. You can't have him be unhappy. Plus, that organization's done themselves no favors. You've got an organization that didn't even take their quarterback and their best defensive players input in on the head coaching search. Didn't even ask for their opinion. <laughs> What did they think was going to happen? You don't. You don't no, no organization asks their players' opinion. This is not the NBA. Every organization. It doesn't Every work that way. Asks. Yes, it does. It does. You know, the NFL does not work that way. They may not do that, but I think they should. And in this day and age, with how offended people get, it, it's just kind of what you have to do as an organization. You got to make your players happy. You got to make your best player happy. I know J.J. Watt might be considered one of the best players. I think he's probably the favorite, the fan favorite on that team. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's the best player on the team anymore. So I think you got to keep your best players happy, like like Mitch said. But it's it's a sticky situation. You do. Um, Chase, what would you think about Mike, a QB swap with your Eagles? I don't want Deshaun Watson. I think he's a clown. Um, I'll just like you know, I he's. What Bill about wasn't Is he an upgrade? Yeah, is he an upgrade from I, you Wentz? Know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, they both had. I mean, Wentz had a worse year. Wentz was in a much more difficult situation. The Eagles had an NFL record, fifteen different starting lot, offensive linemen combinations. It's never happened before. So, okay, hasn't happened since the modern era. From it, it, last time was like nineteen sixty nine or something. So I don't know. Um, but the Texans, Deshaun Watson has nothing to be – I mean, Bill O'Brien wasn't great, but they won the division in the last six years. They probably won the division four of those times. Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want him. And if I'm the Texans, like I said, I'm telling him to pound sand. What's he going to do, not show up? Well, he, he could he not show up. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's, that's probably what will happen. We've seen it. We've seen it in the past. Is it 70,000, 50, 70,000 a, a year now that they'll if be I'm fine? An owner, if, I, if I'm an owner, I'm not doing that. I'm deliberately screwing the guys. I'm tired of these, these athletes thinking that they're on the show. They don't run the show. They're not the owners. They're not, they're not writing checks. So why? You've got, a, like you've got an unhappy player, just like the James Harden situation. So you've, you've got that cancer in your locker room. That's so true. The players, just, so good on you. Yeah, and you look at how, how hard he tried on defense when he didn't want to be there anymore. You, you could just tell James Harden yeah, didn't care. Yourself. Plus the so. dude the, but there's a lot more people James on the field when it comes to football. So it's, it's – He's gone. The Chase, there's no way they're keeping him there. He's gone. you got to talk about Deshaun Watson. And what you can get back for him at this point. Yeah. Well, Deshaun Watson week one will be playing for the Houston Texans. I'll be shocked if he isn't. Honest to goodness. 
I don't know. I, th I, I would have to agree with Mitch. I think he's gone. I think in today's day and age, a player can literally request whatever they want, and they're going to get it most of the time. He could probably pick what team he wants to be NFL. traded to, and he'll get traded there. That's, that's just what, what we've the seen NFL. in the past. When does that happen in the NFL? I'm, I'm literally open to it. You guys want to give me an example? The May NFL is so different than the NBA. Maybe not a trade, but doesn't doesn't he have a a clause in his contract where he can get out in 21, after the 21 season? I'd, he can become a free no, agent. He's, he's locked. No, he's locked in at least through 22. I believe. Yeah, it, they have. There's like a team option. I, it, he signed. I don't know the exact, but let me. I'll pull it up. But the NFL. I, I mean, you guys keep saying that. That's never. It's that's never happened. Players don't control. I mean, I can't. Depends on the player. Find. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree. Depends on There's the player. Been, if you, I mean, if been, Aaron Rodgers went to Green Bay right now and said, "I want out," they would they'd be working on trade deals already. I almost feel like he kind of did, saying his future was uncertain. So, I th there's yep. just a lot of uncertainty at the QB position in the league right I would now. Put him on alert. So I would agree, and I think there's some talent available that would take some teams to the next level. Talk about a guy like Matthew Stafford out of Detroit. He lands in a place like San Francisco or Indianapolis. I would love All that. of a sudden, you've got a, a, a team that's a, a playoff team every year that's now suddenly a, a contender for a Super Bowl, in my right. opinion. I'd have to agree. They've got all the talent around them and just not an elite-level quarterback. That's all that's left. And I think Matthew Stafford's been underrated his whole career because he's been stuck in Detroit. You know what's unfortunate, too, oh, is I, I I don't think Garoppolo's necessarily not that talented. I think he's had a lot of injuries, which has forced him to not be mm -hmm. on the field, which you can see when he gets on the field. He just hasn't had the time, the starts, the type of stuff that he needs to be able to become great in the league, which – I would love to see Matt Stafford in a 49ers uniform because I'm a Niners fan and always have been, always will be ever since the, the Steve Young days. And you guys would like that since you're BYU fans, right? You guys like Steve Young? Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys read the QB book at all? It's phenomenal. Oh, I read that book. What'd you say, Chase? I've read like half of it. It's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. I A lot of the stories I was kind of surprised at, honestly, but – he's just a phenomenal human being. And I think that's why as a little kid, I was just drawn to Steve young, which yeah, I would love to see the Niners good again. Well, so why? And, here, and here's why the Texans and most likely the Philadelphia Eagles don't trade Carson Wentz. Both of their contracts, a dead hit. They'd have to take upwards of 65 million in dead cap. That's just Whoa. in the NFL. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. And you can't transfer that. If a team trades, they eat that money. They're not going to eat that money, especially in a pandemic. Now, Matthew Stafford and the, and the Lions, that's a different story. They, they came to a mutual agreement, and Stafford's got two years, $44 or $43 million left on his contract, which is a bargain in this quarterback age. It's true. I mean, if you can trade for Stafford, you do it right away. I don't know why the Colts – the Colts, oh, number one, they get a quarterback. They're, they're, they're right there even more so than the Niners, in my opinion, or the Rams. That, that roster, Chris Ballard's just done an amazing job with that roster, top to bottom, the only real – I guess you could say they could add a, a few pieces in the back end on defense, but that's about it. That's their only weakness. So I was really surprised to see them not in it. But so, all these trades talk about with Watson and Wentz, people got to realize that would be the, the Houston Texans, their owner, and Jeffrey Lawyer, the Eagles owner, that's basically them saying, I'm going to eat $70 million. It's just in a, coming off a pandemic, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to swallow $70 million of their own cash. I think it that's, be that, that's the best argument it, it might not be, for it. It might, not be, it might not be help them winning, but at the end of the day, the owners aren't going to take $70 million and just put it in the blender. They just they, they won't. Yeah. And I, I would have to agree with that, especially during the pandemic. I haven't really even thought about that with this upcoming off season. I think last year we associated with anything that was happening with the pandemic. And now with the vaccines coming out soon, I don't think it's necessarily something that's at the forefront of everybody's mind when they're talking about contracts or even losing money. So I think that's probably one of the best, uh, what would you call it, reasonings as to why they wouldn't trade one of their quarterbacks having to eat that much money i think that's probably the thing that makes the most sense at this point so 
Uh, let's... And you, you can suffer a terrible year because, I mean, even if they go down one more year, that cap hit drops significantly into the 40s. That's 30, that's upwards of $30 million they saved by having one, you know, an unhappy guy for a season. So if the trade happened, where, well, where would you guys see as the best landing spots? Deshaun Watson, he's going to be a Jet. Yeah, well, he wants to be a Jet. If I'm him, I want to get to Miami. Well, if you're the Jet, you make that move for Deshaun Watson for a few picks. And then, obviously, I've, I've read that Houston's trading Watson for picks, and then they're going to take Zach Wilson number two overall. That's what I looked at last I saw. That would be smart. I yeah, like I Zach Wilson. For both sides. Both sides, I From what I've read, the heartbeat. The foul. The Falcons are the highest right now in Wilson, from what I've read. Um, huh. that now, Where are I've they at on the draft board? I haven't even looked at that. They'd have to move up. I think they're five. They're not, they're I don't know. Four, they'd, have to, they'd have to trade up. I know that. That's what because most people think Wilson's going to go number two. If I'm the Jets, I'm keeping Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's going to be really good. Um, he had Adam Gase as a head coach. I don't need to need I say more. Um, but yeah, if I'm the Jets, like Deshaun Watson's great too. And the Texans, if I'm trading for Deshaun Watson, I'm taking Sam Darnold over Zach Wilson, in my opinion. I just think he's a bigger, stronger quarterback. I like that in a quarterback. That's just me. I like the guys that are 6'5", 6'6", big dudes. Um, but Zach Wilson, I think, has an elite on too. I'm not knocking him. I just think Sam Darnold, I think people forget how good he was and how highly rated of a prospect he was. He's just in turmoil, just suffering there with the New York Jets, but if I'm Deshaun Watson, I want to go to Miami. That's the team right there. You take, you drop him in Miami, all of a sudden the AFC East, the Bills have, they have some heat. It's true. I don't know that we've seen the full potential of Deshaun Watson. I think the jury's out on him a little bit. I mean, how often do you turn on a nationally televised game on a Sunday and see the Texans playing? Not very often. So he's had success there, but is he elite? I don't know. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the league? Maybe. Um, I think the jury's still out on that. So I, that's why, I, as an organization, are you hesitant with how many draft picks you're sending for him, or is he the real deal? Do you already know that? And that, I agree with that, too, because he definitely, you look production-wise this year. He's had without, moments. Yeah, yep. he's had moments. Without, sure. Well, and without, without DeAndre Hopkins, his, the production significantly dropped. So, I mean, that is a, a concern. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've never, I've never been huge. I think Deshaun Watson's good, but I'm not one of these people that think he's. I mean, I want to say Stephen A. said he's he's as good as Patrick Mahomes, and I'm just like, what? Well, if you have an so, option, that, I, I mean, there's multiple quarterbacks at the top Mahomes. of the draft board right now. You got three of them, and Zach Wilson, uh, obviously Trevor Lawrence, who's going to go number one no matter what, and then you also got Justin yep. Fields. So, do you like any of those guys better than you like? Deshaun Watson, can you draft one of those guys early on and then not have to take the cap hit like you were talking earlier? You know, that's a great question. If you believe in Wilson and Fields as much as you do in Watson, you draft a quarterback. Now, um, it's always, do they pan out or not? Just Wilson and Fields, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm a, a scout, but I mean, I watched Wilson pretty much every game. The dude has an arm. Now, there will be questions about the competition he played. That's, that's fair. Um, Justin Fields had some games that I watched. The Indiana game, I was like, whoa, that's kind of concerning. But, you know, he's also got all the tools. So it just depends on what your front office thinks. If you think that you can get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Mac Jones or, you know. See, I'm not that uh, high on Mac Jones, but. The kid out of, I don't know. Well, just I, I'm just naming quarterbacks. If you, yeah. believe, in, if you believe in a guy like that, then you go out and you get him and you can, you know, make plays that way. But you have to be sure because if not, you're out of – as a GM, you're out of a job and most likely as a head coach, you're out of a job. So let's let's look at the draft board real quick. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one, New York Jets, number two, Miami Dolphins, number three, and that's via Houston Texans already. So the Texans traded that pick away and they don't have that pick anymore, which is unfortunate. You got the – Atlanta Falcons at number four, the Cincinnati Bengals at five, the Eagles at six, the Lions at seven, the Panthers at eight, the Broncos at nine, and the Cowboys at ten. Who do you trade? 
to be able well, to get up and I get think your guy. There's going to be movement. There's going to be movement there. These picks aren't going to stay the same. They rarely do, but especially this year with uh, you know three to three to five, it looks like elite quarterbacks that people are going to need to take. I, I think you're going to see a lot of movement on the board. When you look at a guy like Wentz, ten, top ten picks. I honestly don't think Wentz had the help needed to be successful in Philadelphia. He had a he had a couple years where they were probably top of the league in talent and then the last couple of years they've just had this significant drop off chase would probably be the one to be able to tell you more about that because he's obsessed with his eagles but just what do they do talent away. yeah it's it, and they're they're trading their assets as well when they trade away talent a lot of the time they're trading away picks which i've never really understood unless you're getting a lot in return for what you're trading so, let's let's talk a little bit hey, about what's going on in, in Eagle Land. Let's talk a little bit about a. Uh, let's go Tom Brady real quick because we're almost running out on time here on the NFL segment. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Tom Brady. I wanted your first impression of Tom Brady. I know we've been watching him pretty much our entire lives, and I wanted to know where he ranks all time on your board. I think he's probably the goat for me. Probably the go for everybody at this point. I mean, 33 playoff wins compared to the next closest, which is Montana at 16. Guys, insane. Give me your thoughts. Chase, go well, ahead. I mean, every time you turn around. Okay, go ahead. Chase. I'll let Mitch go. I'll let Mitch go. All right. I was going to say, man, every time you turn around and you pick against Tom Brady, he just wins again. Touche. That's the, the problem. That's the problem you have when you get these guys talking about other names. And obviously the greatest of all time discussion, it's really hard because you've got different eras, different players, and players that have never played against each other. It's very difficult to do that. But, man, uh, every time you bet against the guy, he wins again. So he, he goes to Tampa Bay, who hasn't been to the playoffs and I don't know how long, uh, hasn't been relevant. But John Gruden was there the first time around. Uh, and I just, man, the guy goes down there, and I think uh, about midway through the season, they have their game at Chicago on Thursday night. doesn't go well. Uh, sounds of the stories out of the locker room are that Tom really got after the team, uh, said there was corrections needed, more attention to details and the little things, and uh, here they are. Now they've gone through the playoffs. They've won in New Orleans at Green Bay, and now they're in the Super Bowl again. So, I mean, how can you argue against the guy? Chase? It just wins. It, yeah, it does do that. I mean, I think it's I, – I mean, I think he's the GOAT of American sports. I don't think it's, you know um, – Not even your guy LeBron, No one's ever done what he's done. <laughs> oh, dude, I love LeBron, but not even LeBron. No, It's not close. Like, I, I, I mean, what Tom Brady has done, like, he's 43 – going to his 10th Super Bowl, and I and obviously there's different sports, different things, obviously you can take in individual sports, obviously you got Tiger Woods, Jack, uh, Jack, you got Michael Phelps, you know, boxers, MMA, like all the individual sports, but from a team standpoint in American sports, no one's ever done what he's done, I mean, it's 10 Super Bowls now, I mean, you could say Bill Russell won 11, back in the day there was eight teams, but basketball's not as hard on your body as football is, I mean, it's Football, quarterback's the most difficult position in American sports. And Tom Brady's been doing it now for how long? I mean, he made it to the first Super Bowl in 2001 after, you know, after 9-11 uh, with the Patriots there, and they won that. And then now, you know, 2021, 20 years later, um, the dude is in the Super Bowl again. He's 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 never had a losing record as a starting quarterback because his first year in, in New England, he sat and then he took over for Drew Bledsoe about midway through the next season. So 19 winning record, 19 or 18 winning seasons. Uh, the dude has been to 14, I want to say, championship games, which means he's more likely to make an NFC champ and uh, conference championship game than a PGA putter is to make a PGA golfer is to make a five foot putt. The odds are better that Tom Brady makes it to the conference championship than a professional golfer making a five or six foot putt that's insane yeah um, i think i read somewhere as well that he's more likely to make a super bowl than steph curry is to make a three-pointer and steph yeah, curry is like the best nuts. shooter I mean, one of the best shooters in nba history like just 
if astronomical. I just think that for whatever reason, a lot of people, you know, like to hate on Brady. And it's the same thing with, you know, LeBron or any greatness, you know, MJ. I would have done it with MJ, I'll fully admit. We don't, you know, embrace it while it's there. And I do think a little bit of that, people are like, oh, it's Belichick. Um, but Brady kind of threw that out the window this year. I mean, he goes to Tampa Bay, like Mitch said. And I want to say this is the first time they made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl. And they're back in the Super I mean, it's 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 incredible. I mean, there's no – the dude, I was reading about his diet. And keep in mind, him and his wife together are almost billionaires. And the dude eats like a rabbit, man. Like, he eats like – I'm like, does this dude even have joy when he eats? <laughs> I think after all this time, he'd be he'd – be, you know, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything because he's only focused on his, his craft of being a football player. And it's nuts. I mean, it's like that saying with boxers, you know, it's hard to – you know, boxers, once they get a ton of money, they start to slip because it's hard to, you know, wake up in the morning in silk pajamas and want to go get the hell kicked out of you for 10 rounds, right? And a lot of these pro athletes, they get to that point. I mean, look at Michael Jordan with the Wizards at the same age. He was shot, right? Tom Brady takes care of his body and his obsession with it is just like nothing we've ever seen, in my opinion. And it's just, you know, it's, what's, it's, I mean, I think what's most unfortunate yeah, when you're talking huge. about Michael Jordan is the fact that he took years off. And probably his prime to play baseball, which I think was a major mistake for him. But this guy pays so much attention to detail, whether it's, like you said, his diet, whether it's what goes on on the field. And like Mitch said earlier, he got pissed off after a Thursday night game about the details. Like the rest of the team just wasn't cutting it to his his standard is so high that he makes every single person around them bump their standard up in order to become great. I think that's what's amazing. You, you look at what their quarterback was last year. They switch, what, 40 interceptions for 44 touchdowns. And really, you just switch a guy who had no idea how to control a huddle to a guy that's the best to ever do it. Hey, come on hey, now, James. First ever 30 club, guys. Like, come <laughs> on now. Let's <laughs> James respect. Well, you know, Tom... <laughs> You got Tom out there. He's 43 years old, and as far as I can tell, the arm is as strong as it's ever been. Yeah. And Tom Brady, I mean, may have the strongest arm in the league. Speaking of that, uh, I think it's 4,600 yards. I think is his fifth highest of his career. He's only done. He's only gone over 4,800 yards a couple times. And you look at that, and then you look at uh, some of the other great quarterbacks that are kind of winding down their careers. Uh, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. Uh, you look at Peyton Manning, his last year, where you could see a, a big drop off and and being able to throw the ball downfield. In fact, that's probably the reason the Saints uh, took an early exit this year is they couldn't get the ball down the field. So, for Tom to be doing that at 43, still really at the top of his game, it's pretty incredible. I you gotta give props. And I I was a Peyton Manning fan the whole time during the uh, Peyton versus Tom wars. So, but you gotta give the guy credit, man. He it's kind of uh, it's kind of a Kobe uh, story for me because it's a guy that you love to hate his whole career, and then when his career winds down at the end, you just you have to tip your cap a little bit and say, "Man, that's pretty impressive." You got to admire the competitor. One hundred percent agree. Even you hate Don't worry, he's got, like, he's got like three or four more years left. Yeah, I th- I no, think you never know. I think he's going to hold stiff at forty five. I think he said he was going to retire at forty five years old, and I think he's going to do that. Because once he has something in his mind, you can tell that he's not going to quit until he attains what he wants, which is just and it's phenomenal. Think about this, too. Think about this, too. Is if I asked you who, who your prediction is, Chiefs or Buccaneers, you probably you might be up in the air here. If I had any other team in the NFC made the Super Bowl going against the Chiefs, I would have taken the Chiefs, no question. Now if someone says who's going to win, I say Chiefs, ah, but it's Tom Brady. So maybe I'm not betting against Tom Brady. So let's He's the one guy. On the let's get your Super Bowl say. predictions before we move on to the him. before we move on to the NBA. Who do you guys got? Go ahead, Chase. I got uh, Tampa Bay 28, Kansas City 24. I think Tom Brady gets seven, um, but I don't think he, I don't think he retires. There's been some rumors about that. Heck, his his trainer just came out and said he he wouldn't mind playing until he's 50. So do I think that's possible? No, 
But I, uh, I'm going with the upset. I think Tampa Bay, uh, I, you know, first home Super Bowl, Tom Brady going for his seventh ring. I, uh, and Tampa Bay's good. They got a good roster, so I'm going to go Tampa Bay. Yeah, their defense won in the game against the Packers. So they did, 100%. and I, I and think, I think Antonio uh, Brown's back. He will be. He will be. Um, I I think. Boy, I I just barely said I I don't like betting against Tom Brady, but I'm going to here. I think the Chiefs' offense is just too loaded. With I just don't know what you do. You have to guard Kelsey. Uh, you got Hill on the on the outside where you really have to have a safety over the top at all times. You got Mahomes, who can do anything on the field and make any throw from any position on the run, in the pocket. But I just think the offense is just too much, even though the Buccaneers' defense has really been impressive this, this postseason. But I think I'll take the Chiefs in a close one. I think uh, 34-31 would be a little bit higher scoring than Chase has got there, I think, with those two offenses. But I think the Chiefs pull it out in the end. I think the a little Chiefs, bit too much firepower. I think the Chiefs win if they can get the running game going. If if Tampa Bay can just drop back and cover the deep end of the field, I think they can win the game, but they also have to be able to contain the run with fewer guys in the box. That's my opinion. I, I, I'm i taking Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady to win just for the storyline. I think it'll be really good for the NFL, especially in this, this COVID-stricken season when there's been so many uncertainties. I think the one certainty that you can have is Tom Brady winning and I think that would just be phenomenal. So let's let's hurry and move on to the yeah, NBA since we're we're moving quickly on time here. Like I told you guys, you'd be surprised how quickly the time moves when you're trying to do a podcast. But um, yeah. I want to quickly get to Bradley Beal. What are you guys' takes on that situation? I th- I don't think anybody wants to play with Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't want to. I don't think the guy plays winning basketball, and you can you can see it anywhere that he goes. Sure, he, he has a great regular season, but when it matters, that type of basketball just doesn't win games. So wh- what do you guys think is going to happen with Bradley Bill? You look at it last night. I'm watching the, I saw the uh, highlights of the Atlanta and Washington game. They played the Hawks last night, and I saw Westbrook in his altercation, and I thought, well, of course, it's Westbrook. He's always in an altercation. And then I thought, well, it's with Rajon Rondo. He's also always in an altercation. So wasn't a real shock there. I think – the Wizards, obviously, that's not a, a good winning culture. hasn't been maybe ever, as long as I can remember. Uh, Paul Pierce maybe brought him a, a winning culture for a year or two with John Wall there, but not long term. Uh, Westbrook hasn't shown me that he's the kind of guy that can lead a team. He can surely lead in stats and be in, impressive that way, but doesn't do a whole lot of winning on his own. I think I think Beal's on his way out. I, his I don't know what his averages are the last six or seven games, but it seems like every time I check the stat board, he's got 30 or 40 on the board. So I think he's on his way out. There's a few teams in the sweepstakes. I hope like crazy he doesn't end up in L.A. on any of those teams because that's the last thing those L.A. teams need is one more weapon like that. That's the last thing the NBA needs, if we're going to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. It's just not good for the product. I, I, I read today that Woj said he's not going anywhere with Bradley Beal. It's tough because uh, most teams, uh, similar situation with the Jazz, they're capped, they're hard capped. So, I mean, even if he goes to L.A., either of the L.A. teams, they're having to give up something. I mean, because you, they're hard capped. Same with the Jazz. And I would love us to get Bradley Beal. I just don't think, you know, that's possible with our cap situation. But, yeah, I was surprised Woj We'll see a trade coming. Uh, Westbrook's a shot fighter at this point. He's going to chuck up licks. He's going to do what he does. But his best days are long behind him, in my opinion. And poor Bradley Bills is kind of stuck there in Washington. Um, but I don't know. I don't think like Miami was a destination for a while, wasn't it? I th- yeah, I think Miami's probably the, the best shot with like Tyler Hero and a few other people that they could ship out to Washington. I honestly see I the Warriors as the best destination for him. Not not only the best destination, but I think they have the assets in order to go and try to get Bradley Bill, whether they're trading Wiseman and, a, and another first-round pick or whether they're adding, instead of a first-round pick, uh, Andrew Wiggins. you got a lot of different pieces that you can add into a trade scenario to where your team isn't losing a lot, no but they're also gaining more. No one's taking Andrew Wiggins, dude. That's not He's not a trade piece. 
No one's touching Andrew Wiggins. But in order to make the money work, I think you'd have to add Wiggins into the deal because James Wiseman doesn't make enough. Oh, yeah. What's your incentive? Yeah, why why are the Wizards doing that? that Like, that. Just you probably you get another pick. You maybe get another first yeah, round pick. So you're getting over. James Wiseman, yeah, who's who's proven so far this season that he can play NBA basketball at a high level. Uh, he especially in spurts, but he's very young. And then you got another pick. You got Andrew Wiggins, who who knows maybe he can contribute another 15 to 16 points to your team. And I would rather him come off the bench, no matter where he goes, just because I really don't think he's yeah. a starting caliber player. I just yeah, don't really see, I, there's no incentive for the Wizards in my opinion. Like I don't see any team in the NBA one wanting to help the Warriors. I just don't. I, I yeah. won't want to help them. Two, I mean Andrew Wiggins, you you trade you 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 trade Bradley Beal and you take on another albatross of a contract. So you're stuck with Westbrook and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, you might get Wiseman who could be solid. I mean he's had some good games, it's tough to tell. A lot of people have had good looking seasons, and then maybe you get a pick, but that pick's not going to be. I mean, you trade Bradley Bill to the Warriors, that pick's going to be top 20 of the year, and the odds of you finding something that makes that worth it are, are pretty slim, in my opinion. And like I said, I don't think anyone wants to touch Wiggins' contracts in Albatross. I thought, in my opinion, I think the Warriors thought they were smarter than everyone, but I I just don't see the, the Wizards having the incentive to to give up or to take a whole bunch of the Warriors, you know, bad pieces. Here's here's um, Bradley Bill's stat, stat line. 34-7 points right. per game, 5.1 rebounds, and 4 assists. Almost 5 assists a game. It's pretty pretty rare when that you're, you're going to find a guy that does like that. Yeah, I was going to say, when you're trading an all-star, it's very rare. I don't think it's ever possible, really, to get equal value yep. when you're trading an all-star, especially when you're getting players. So if I'm the Wizards, you need to figure out what you're doing here. Are you trading to compete still, or are you trading to start over and build? I think they're in a position where they need to start over and build. So if I'm packaging deal, I'm getting as many draft picks out of that as possible and not too concerned with the player I'm getting back. Well, and that's the thing. It's the Warriors actually want- have a lot of draft picks to give up. They didn't give up anything when they got Kevin Durant, signed him in free agency. They didn't have to give up pretty much any they actually got more assets when they traded d'angelo russell so they've got a lot of opportunities to where they can make a trade and make it as as much as you want to say andrew wiggins contract is an albatross they can throw him in there but then they add a sweetener maybe a couple first round picks with james wiseman and then i think you start to entice them i don't think as the wizards you're not going to get any better obviously even with bradley bill scoring 40, 50 points a game, you're not winning. Very rarely do they actually win when he scores 40. So what else are you going to do? I just don't don't see him signing up to have Andrew Wiggins on $30 million a year for three years and Russell Westbrook for two more years. I just don't. Is Wiggins making 30? He makes 29 this year, then it jumps to 30, then it jumps to 34. Just just pulled it up. I just don't see... You, you get that in Russell Westbrook, you might F around and make the playoffs, like, um, in the East. Like, it just, I just don't think – I think a lot of people want the Warriors to be good because Steph Curry's being exposed for what he is. But, you know, I just don't see it happening to the Warriors. I think Miami, if, if you're the Wizards, that's the only – you can get Tyler Hero, you can get young guys, and then you can – you can throw some sweeteners in there to make the money work. I don't even know if Miami has to make the money work, though, because I don't know the cap situation. And you aren't taking on a contract with three years left. Usually, I mean, look, Andrew, Victor Oladipo, when he went to uh, Houston, he's on a, he's seeking a new contract. So if it didn't work out with the Rockets with him, they should be able to not resign him. Usually in situations like that, teams don't want to be taking on three years, $30 million plus for a guy that's – never played winning basketball, and, oh, by the way, you have Russell Westbrook still sitting on your bench. I just – the Warriors thing to me, I don't see any incentive for the Wizards. Chase, you talked about – you talked about Beal to the Jazz, and I've also read the Jazz and the Kevin Love sweet stakes. i got to tell you, man, if I'm Jazz organization right now, management, I'm not making any trades. I'm playing as good a basketball as the Jazz have played in years. Why would you do anything to mess with that chemistry? No, I'm actually really frustrated at the, the idea – that people are throwing out, especially, I think it was on the jump. It was, I want to say it was Paul Pierce. He said that the, the Jazz are one piece away 
which, in mm. my honest opinion, when you look at the roster last year and where we were lacking, it was whenever Rudy Gobert left the, left the floor. Whenever Rudy Gobert That's wasn't on the floor, though. we struggled. We, we've been a plus all year so far no. when, when, when Rudy Gobert's off the when floor. Rudy's off, when Rudy's off the floor, our defense falls from first in the league to 28. That's efficiency. That's that's a fact. So right, so but are, are, are we talking about are we talking about the third string players? Because very rarely are our starters or even second string players playing deeply into the fourth quarter. Kevin Kevin Love would be nice because he's going to get bought out, so that'd be a nice piece to add that we could do on a minimum. But I do think we need a wing defender. I think in the playoffs we we won't have an answer for LeBron and AD on the wing. We won't have an answer for Kawhi and Paul George. Even the the Nuggets exposed a little bit. We don't have a true eight, a not a wing defender. Now I'm not saying we have to blow everything up, but I do think on the Jazz we got a two year window. We're playing great. We need to add a wing defender that can at least play good, solid wing defense. Whereas right now some Jazz fans like to think Royce O'Neal is that he's solid, but he's not. Our our best plus minus defender. On the perimeter is actually Joe Ingles. It's it's not Royce O'Neal, which is surprising. Right. Me. My, my point to you, my point to you, Chase, is to get a guy like that. First of all, tell me who it is because everyone's looking for a wing defender that can hit three yep. in the league right now, and it's hard to come by. Second of all, to make a deal like that happen, you're packaging probably Royce O'Neal or James Joe Ingles, maybe both. And I'm so not your sure depth's that's gone. worth it. Yeah, mess with the chemistry of the team. Um, with Kevin Love. I don't know if he's been healthy since uh, LeBron left Cleveland. I don't know if I'm taking the chance there because you're you're taking Derek Favors off the floor even more now, and I'm not telling you Derek Favors gives you the same production that Rudy does, but I'm telling you that when Derek's on the floor, it doesn't hurt you to have Rudy off the floor. See, in a Kevin Love situation, oh, no, though, I think you'd probably be playing the four year. more than the five. So Favors is yeah, strictly Kevin, our backup Kevin, center so at this point. So you're taking Niang's minutes and yeah. some of Royce O'Neal's minutes, probably. Yeah, and I, I would Which I would I, replace I, I, Love for Niang any day of the week. I love Niang just as much as the next guy, and he's actually done a lot better than I thought he would in the NBA. But I'm taking Love every day of the week. And I, if we could get a solid wing defender, I'd give up Royce O'Neal in a heartbeat. But that's just me. I've never been too enamored with Royce. See, but, but like Mitch said, who are we going for? Percentage on the team. Who's an option at, at a wing defender? Maybe Danny Green, but I, I don't even think Danny Green's an option at this point. Uh, Trevor Ariza would hasn't be, played well in years. I wouldn't make that move. It would be nice, but you're right. It's tough to find that spot. We're probably going to have to draft somebody. I fully I get that. The thing with Kevin Love, though, it would just be we're just signing him as a minimum. So it's like he just gives us more bench scoring, in my opinion. Um, it's a win-win. Now, I wouldn't trade for him because, like I said, I think he's going to get bought out, but – I, I don't think Kevin Love's going to end up in Utah. I think he's going to go somewhere where he can fit right into the starting lineup. Sounds like Portland's probably the destination there. And I think he'd fit really yeah, well yeah, in Portland, I wouldn't actually. Mess with that chemistry. Yeah. No, I'm with yeah, you. I, mess with the jazz chemistry. I think where the Jazz are at this point see what happens. is probably the best team they've had since the John Stockton Carmelone era. I, we oh, we can yeah, throw yeah. in the 07 08 year when we made it to the Western Conference Finals with D. Will and Carlos Boozer. Me- Money memo, like you got all these different guys that were good, but I don't think we've had, well, ever, honestly, this type of offensive star power. We're we're number three defensively in the league. We're number one in overall three point shooting, whether it's makes. We're number two in percentage. We're number one in rebounding. The the Jazz have never led so many categories in the NBA as they are right now, and they haven't had the easiest schedule in the world. We've been playing some of the best teams that were at the top of the top of the rankings last year. So it's been quite a surprise right. to me, honestly. And I'll I'll keep watching this team every single day if I have the opportunity because of the way they're playing basketball. It's good team basketball. You watch some of their defensive rotations. I watched the game from last night a second time this morning. And I have never seen a jazz team work harder than these guys do on the defensive end. Some of those rotations and you're talking about some of the best offensive players in the league, Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, these guys couldn't do anything against the Jazz. So I'm willing to put up the fact that LeBron James probably couldn't do much either when you have five guys that are willing to band together and 
try to become the best defensive team in the league, I, th I think it'll happen. And I think we're going to see a lot different team in, in the playoffs this year. What do you guys think about Jordan Clarkson? Sixth man of the year? Not a, not a question. The guy's making shots. I, I think he's playing as good a basketball as he's played in his entire career. He's making shots out there where I'm, I, my jaw's dropping during the game. Uh, a couple of his three-pointers, one last night that I thought hit the ceiling, had so much arch on it, dropped right in. Creativity around the basket. Seems like he's taking a lot more efficient shots in the paint right now, which is impressive. Um, and I, I don't know if you caught Joe Ingles' interview the other day, but he talked about one of the first conversations he had with Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson told him, you get the ball three-quarters of a second left on the shot clock, you can't get a shot off, get it over to me, and I'll get a good look. And I think that was it's an interesting story because, first of all, it's kind of funny that Clarkson's so confident with the, the clock winding down. But that happened last night, and he did get a good shot off with no time to create. So the guy is just playing out of his head right now, and I think he he's making the Jazz a contender, honestly. Well, he's a difference maker out there. Huge difference is probably the confidence level of this team overall, but some of the struggles that we've had in the first quarter this year, whenever Jordan Clarkson steps onto the floor, it's been instant offense, and I think we were down 16 against, uh, was it Denver or was it uh, the Pelicans a, a couple days ago? I think it might have been uh, the Pelicans. They were down to New Orleans. So yeah, they were down to New Orleans. we're down 16, and within 45 seconds of Jordan Clarkson being on the floor, I counted it, we were down eight. That's the kind of impact he's had yeah. for the Jazz this far this season, and really yeah. towards the tail end of last year. Leaps and yeah, bounds better absolutely. than Dante Exum. And i got to tell you, <laughs> oh, the fact that the Jazz were able to make that move might be one of the biggest steals in all Highway of NBA trade history. Uh, but, I mean, the other thing I wanted to add to that is the Jazz are playing so well right now. They're the number one seed, and I'm not sure Donovan Mitchell is playing his best ball. He will. I would agree with that. I don't that. think he's hit it yet this season. I don't know I don't if you guys caught the podcast that I did last week with Bowler. He actually said something pretty similar. He's like, the, the amount of talent that this team has, even when one guy struggles, whether it's Rudy Gobert, whether mm -hmm. it's Donovan Mitchell, you have a guy like Bojan Bogdanovic that can go get you 32 if you need it. Like, this team yep. is so stacked. It's crazy. Very deep. They've got as much depth as maybe any Jazz teams have. And you've got, uh, what, probably off the top, maybe three to five guys that can get you at least 20 on any given night. A uh, couple, one or two, I'd say Donovan and Clarkson and Conley, any of those three can go for 30 yeah. on any given night. Uh, boy, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. And now you've got Rudy, by the way, who's, who's added some moves to his post game. Uh, he's he's finishing around the rim better than he has in his entire career. I've been impressed with him so far this year and the work he's put in the offseason, clearly, because, uh, man, he's finishing around around the rim as effectively as maybe in his entire career. Did you guys see the possession where he had the ball in the corner last night? Everybody in the entire arena, and I think Jazz Nation around the state, probably wanted him to take that. I could feel it. I, I wanted want him to him take it. The ball. If he could add, uh, even if it's not a three-pointer, if, if they have to respect him when he's got the ball at the foul line, that's going to open up the floor even more than it already is. Yeah. I would have to agree. Because I, I think the floor is open. As you well. see, Rudy. Just with the amount of yeah. threes these guys are taking, the floor is a lot more open down in that paint than it ever has been in years past. Yeah. Absolutely. And adding a 15-footer for Rudy only will add to that. And I think he can make it. I do. I think he can make that shot. He just needs to – I don't think he likes to take it. So what do you guys think? Over, under, 15 straight. What would you take? Would you take the over or the under? Well, they're at 10 right now, right? 11. 11. They're at 11 now? Yeah. And what's their next four games look like? I'm going to bring up their schedule right now. I know they're in Denver tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like I, I think Denver gets us tomorrow. I hope not because I think the biggest chance for us to, to go to the finals is if we can somehow snag the first seed. But um, so every game matters. But I think Denver, not saying that like we're going to suck, but I think I think Denver clips us tomorrow. Here's here's our next four. We got the Nuggets. We got the Pistons. We got the Hawks. We got the Hornets. All very winnable. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see, one of those one of those at home, the rest on the road. 
two of them at home. On the road, so Nuggets, Nuggets, and Which Pistons one? are both yeah. at home. Both at home. Okay. So oh, the Nuggets on Sundays at home. I think so. Did they already play the seven game home streak? Uh, you know what? No, they're actually they're actually in Denver. I'm looking at it here. Oh, shoot. That's, so they're that's at, why I at Denver. Yeah, they're at Denver. Yep, they're at I Denver. I don't think Denver's playing very well. Uh, you guys are gonna have to remind me of the the player's name that they lost to Detroit this year. Jeremy Grant. Grant. I think that's uh, been a lot harder on their team than they anticipated. Guy brought a lot, played really well in that playoff series against the Jazz last year, hurt him left and right. Um, but I think Denver's probably the game that's going to be the toughest in the next four-game stretch here. You've got some Eastern Conference teams that are not great, always hard to go on the road. So I think uh, chances of them getting the next four, getting to 15, I think uh, three and one is probably expected, but four and oh, it's out there. Chase. Yeah, I, like I said, I think if we if we can beat Denver, I think we get there. If, uh, but I, I I'm expecting a loss tomorrow. I just think that. Now, granted, we've had some bad games where we shot the ball. New York a couple a couple days ago, but I, I mean, at a certain time, like you're gonna lose a game. A lot of averages just take over, and going on the road against Denver, who hasn't played their best, but still has Jokic, still has Jamal Murray. Um, I think they I think they get us, especially if we don't know the status of Favors or, or Mitchell yet. So Can I ask a legitimate um, question, though, I, when it comes to the Nuggets? Why does everybody say that the Jazz need one more piece, but nobody ever says anything like that about the Nuggets? It's crickets. Uh, superstar power. I think people uh, I think people think Jokic is superstar level or LeBron type level guy and he very well may be um, and I don't think the Jazz superstars get that kind of respect clearly if you look at uh, the interactions Donovan had with Shaq and Charles Barkley the other day uh, when the game was on TNT and obviously Shaq's been ripping Rudy Gobert ever since he signed his new contract mm-hmm. um, which just seems it's really a bad look for Shaq who is a guy that doesn't need to be competing with anybody in this day and age he's already got a legacy but sure seems like he's still competing out there. I just find it funny that everybody national media wise like tries with every fiber of their being not to give the jazz credit. Well, does that surprise you? No, but like why why when you give a compliment to the jazz does the following statement need to be I don't think they compete with the Lakers or the Clippers. Like I Because the NBA is a joke. It's a terribly ran organiz- uh, uh, league. They only care about about five or six teams, and that's why their national national TV ratings get l- less than a million viewers. I mean, if you want me to be honest, the media, the NBA is the most awfully ran sports organization I can think of, and that's why the me- they care about five or six teams. And so, most of the other teams, Utah is one of the rare exceptions. They check out. The media doesn't care. They care about. They're like, oh, if we can get LeBron or. Kevin Durant, the new like we can get these six teams that everyone wants to hear about. They think that's going to save their league. Meanwhile, they are totally missing the fact that sixty percent of the country, seventy percent of the country, does no longer cares about the NBA. Um, and my dad has watched two Jazz games this year. Uh, my brother-in-law, obviously your brother, he hasn't watched one Jazz game. Like this is that. So if you really want to go there, that's why the NBA, the me, the NBA media, and the NBA are. It's a cabal, and it's it's just terribly bad. I think I what mean, amazes me is is you have lifelong fans that are being turned away from the league, like like you said, my brother, in an instance. Like, I personally don't understand it. Um, sure, last year in the playoffs, whether people agreed with the way they were protesting or not, that's that's not me to. I I didn't stop watching it just because I love basketball that much. And it was captivating to me, honestly. So I can see where a lot of people are coming from. But at the same time, if you love something so much and you have your entire life, I just don't get how you can turn it off that quickly. Because other pe- there, there's different priorities, right? And I'm not even just talking about politics. The NBA has – I mean, you look at Major League Baseball or the NFL. You can – every season you can literally say, okay, there's 10 teams that can win a title. If things shake right, if they go right. The NBA, there's about three. So that's been going on for years. Me and Mitch have had many conversations about it. But Tucker, I mean, sure. what they did and what they continue to do, you got to understand, 
people have money and then you know um they have kids they they get older they have different priorities and if you're having something shoved in your face repeatedly again and again and it's something that you might not agree with you know there's other hobbies that's like with me i stopped watching as much basketball i played more golf i put yep. more money into golf like it, what what people what, and this kind of comes back i'm going to circle back real quick to the sean watson to all these athletes they think that they're in control they're in control and they're not bottom line is the fans are in control and if you look major league baseball nba even the nfl ratings were all down this year no surprise nba's had the worst hit the ratings are still down it, the, these athletes think that they're they're god so to speak and they're not people are finding you know what i don't need the nba i don't need this i don't need that for whatever reason it might be and and these athletes need to need to wake up because the NBA salary cap is going to shrink and they're going to be making a lot less money. And if the NFL continues, the same thing. Same thing with Major League Baseball. Uh, it, it all comes back to the, the entitlement that the, the modern-day athlete has. It's going to be the death of, of their income. And it's a turnoff. It's a turnoff we'll for see. fans. you got uh, situations like Kyrie Irving where he just decides he needs to take three weeks off because uh, whatever. Um I mean, people go through things, and I can empathize with uh, whatever he's struggling with, whether that be anxiety, depression, family issues. Um, but the, the normal, the average American citizen deals with those kind of things and still has to go to work because they've got bills to pay. Yep. I think Chase is on something day. there. Yeah, I mean, I think Chase is on something there a little bit where uh, the average American fan maybe feels like the entitlement's still a little out of control. They're kind of tired of that. But Just a disconnect. Um, a little From bit normal society, yeah, think, yeah. Uh, a little bit out of touch with the fan base, maybe a little bit that could be part of the issue. Okay, well, honestly, we've gone 20 minutes over time than we were planning on, so I think we should probably cut this thing off. But I want to thank you guys both right. for joining me today. Um, it's it, you can't go wrong talking about sports, honestly, just the passion oh, that we all have about not. it. And I we got to have you guys on again shortly. Um, whether it's individually yep. or together again, it's uh, I love the banter back and forth. I I love the different takes. So again, guys, I appreciate it. And Chase no didn't even have any bad takes today. Usually it's filled. With I know, spot on, <laughs> dude. So maybe well, it's because we didn't talk about MJ. We didn't talk about something Chase is passionate about. I was gonna say you didn't bring up the Eagles, so you know I was able to you know keep it. We'll talk about how there's. We'll talk about how the Eagles are the worst team in the worst division in, in the NFL. <laughs> hey, number six hey. draft pick. We aren't the worst, okay? We're, we're the sixth worst. That's true. So, hey, my okay. team's the twelfth, so we are the twelfth worst team. Thank goodness. Even after the go. injuries. Well, yeah. Thank you, I man. I appreciate it. I better find a team before I stop, start criticizing other people's teams. I probably ought to find one. Touche, dude. Touche. Okay, thanks, yeah. guys. Have a good one. Well, hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Doctor. See you.